0: and welcome to another sewed. it's been quite a while since we've been here and i know it looks a little different we finally got like a little podcast room so today i am here with megan brown hello everybody and she is going to dive into her career path with us today so we're going to start the 10 minute timer and get into it okay so my first question for you is How did you decide to become a PI?
1: When I first started in forensic accounting and here at Workman, we had a PI on staff and then she ended up leaving and it wasn't something I'd really thought about because I'm a CPA and I've done accounting my whole career. But Leah asked if it was something I would be interested in. And I do have a passion for true crime. So, uh, you know, I knew what PIs did essentially and it was interesting to me. So I agreed to look into it as long as I didn't have to do surveillance. <laughs> I didn't really want to do surveillance.
0: Oh gosh, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. I, I don't know It would make me too nervous, I think, yeah. to like follow
1: people around. Oh gosh. So I said, yes, I'll do it. I will not do surveillance. But there's a lot to do other than surveillance. I went ahead and took my classes and became a licensed PI.
0: Wow. Oh. So what was your career path before you came to work then, then?
1: I spent some time in, a little bit of time in public accounting. Uh, I was an auditor. And then after that, I mainly worked in oil and gas accounting, which Mm -hmm. is a lot of what the biggest industry in Tulsa. I actually, I started in oil and gas and then I got laid off because it was a bad time. And then I went into public accounting. And if I had to go back, I would just start public accounting. I think it's a great way to learn about different industries. And you really learn a lot about accounting and do hands-on work. And you just get to see all aspects of accounting. And it just makes you really marketable. So when you get out, usually people want to hire accountants that have been in public accounting.
0: Mm, I see. So you had no intention of becoming a PI until you got here. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why. I always thought that this was like the thing you... I thought you were a PI before you got here. Oh, no, no, (laughs) no. This entire time. No,
1: I was a CPA. So I've only done accounting... Never really crossed my mind to be a PI, but it's been, it's useful here because we do a lot of like background
0: research. Mm -hmm. I understand. In your opinion, what do you think it takes to be a good PI and a good CPA? I think for
1: the PI part, definitely listening and just like, I'm constantly reading about new research tools and about OSINT, like online research platforms and just like different tools to use, different, there's google is the number one search engine but there are actually other search engines you can use that maybe don't pay for ads to be at the top and kind of cut through all the stuff so i'm just constantly trying to keep up with that and i think that's good of course listening and paying attention to detail like if you interview someone you want to you know take in what they say and you can gain information that way the cpa part is just again like i think it helps me in this job because You don't necessarily need to know accounting to be a forensic accountant, but I think it does help, especially if you're working on an embezzlement or something that has to do with a corporation because you kind of just have that background of knowledge about how their financial statements should work. Mm -hmm. Um, But you don't necessarily have to know accounting because we really just use data from bank statements, credit card statements, and stuff like that. So you don't necessarily need to look at the accounting records.
0: I see, okay pretty interesting. So how often does your PI work and your CPA work actually come together?
1: It's been nice. They I, they both require that you get continuing education. So for the CPA, I have to have 40 hours a year. Mm-hmm. Well, 120 hours every rolling three years, but that ends up being 40 a year. And then the PI, you also have to have continuing education, but I think you were You just report it every three years and it's like eight hours. So it's not as much. But I try to find like investigative type accounting or forensic type accounting, continuing ed that I can also use for the PI piece and work and get that. Like I'm doing a webinar on Wednesday about how to do domestic searches that will also qualify as a CPA,
0: continuing ed. So it's kind of like when you're in college and you're trying to get those classes. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. I didn't realize the two careers could actually work together. Yeah, I mean, they're
1: pretty different. And, you know, I think when people think of a PI most of the time, it's like you're trying to solve a murder case or something. Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, it can be used for lots of different things.
0: Yeah. I always... Picture like the people like in the trench coats, yeah. like watching somebody's ex yeah. meet up with somebody. Like a Dick photos. Tracy. Yes, <laughs> yeah. every time. Yeah. But ever since I came here and I met you and multiple Ooh. other PIs, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, it's a lot more behind the scenes and a right. lot more technical. And there are people who do
1: the trench coat type or surveillance mm-hmm. and are taking pictures and trying to find that stuff out. But that's just not what we really use it for.
0: Mm-hmm. So do you have any advice for somebody who? wants to get more into this kind of PI work?
1: Oh yeah. I would just, if you become a licensed PI, which you can just look up in your state, usually just Google whatever state you're in PI requirements and you'll find out how you can go about being licensed. And if you're more interested in doing the research part, you know, I think attorney, I think there's a good amount of businesses who hire them. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, attorneys could use you on a legal case. I know, a lot of people do like child support type work, but you don't necessarily, and those don't necessarily involve surveillance, just more of the researching databases and stuff like that.
0: I see. So my last question is, how do you feel that your experience benefits any of our clients here at Workman Forensics?
1: Uh, well, we just have a lot of cases where we're looking for hidden money or hidden assets. And so it allows me to do research and I have access to a database and everything in the database is public record, but it brings it all into one. So Mm -hmm. I don't have to go to like each separate state and look at the secretary of state to see if this person has any businesses or look Mm -hmm. at the property records of each county in a state to see if they own property. I can just, it gives me access to a database that I can just run and get all public records. Uh, Mm -hmm. for that one person. And sometimes I do delve in if I see that they have a business or if that database provides me with that information, I'll delve deeper in and go into the property records of a certain County or into the secretary of state for a certain business or whatever. It just kind of like broadens what you can do legally. It also gives you access to be able to run a report on vehicles. Like I can take my PI license to the tag agency and say, hey, can you run a report and give me all the vehicles owned by a certain person oh. that like a lay person not yeah. do, like you wouldn't have access to do. Wow. Yeah. So there's just certain things like that, and I think it helps with our clients because a lot of times they are looking for recoverable assets Mm -hmm. or just assets in general that maybe was spent with money obtained through embezzlement or fraud. Mm -hmm. So it can help us identify those assets.
0: Wow. Whenever you um, go into these databases and all these public records, are they readily available to people who aren't PIs? Yes. Yes. All public records
1: are accessed. I mean, they're legally public. And so Mm -hmm. if you buy a house, it's automatically in the records or land records for your state or your county. Now, some states, it's harder to obtain public records. Like I know in Texas, like you have to know the exact county where a Mm -hmm. property, where this person owns property Mm -hmm. and you may not know that or where that person got a divorce or set up. You know, it's just like Oklahoma's, like, open records are pretty easy to access, but certain states aren't. Mm-hmm. So the database just kind of helps filter through all that.
0: I see. Okay, well, that's super cool. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add for our listeners?
1: I want to say, like, even if you are doing something totally different accounting and you think, oh, you wouldn't think a PI license would go with that, I mean... Mm-hmm. Just look into it. It's fun, and it's always fun to do something totally different than you're used to. Yeah.
0: How long did it take you to get your license? I believe I
1: did – it didn't take very long. I did three or four weeks' worth of classes, and then I had to take a test to yeah. get my license. So oh, okay. I mean, overall – but it, every state is different on their requirements. That's
0: true. And I
1: think I was – some of them might have, like, where you have to, like, have certain amount of work experience to mm-hmm. also get it. So I'm not sure what that is here.
0: I have no idea. <laughs> because I was already had already been working in forensics, I
1: think that oh, kinda counted.
0: Oh. Alright. Well, ended. Well that is our time. Thank you guys for listening. And if uh, you guys ever want to speak with Megan again, she's always at Listen. <laughs> The Investigation Game is brought to you by Workman Forensics. For more information on the business and its services, visit workmanforensics.com. Find us on social media on any social media platform at Workman Forensics. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or topic ideas, please email us at podcast at Thanks for listening.